This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today, we are excited to have as our special guest, content creation expert, best-selling author, podcast host, and serial entrepreneur, Michael McCauley. And I'm Mary Elkins. After many years in corporate America, Michael's entrepreneurial life began, and he has since created courses, services, and systems that have earned more than $75 million in revenue for his clients. Believing that it is never too late to follow your passion, he started his current company, Turn Knowledge to Profit, while in his 50s. Welcome, Michael. Oh, it's so great to be here with you. Glad you're here. Me too. And did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Um, I don't think so. I, you know, I, I think it came later in life to me. Uh, both of my parents were uh, business owners, retail business owners. And that to me, when I was a kid, was sort of my only vision into entrepreneurship. And I really didn't take to it. It was, a, you know, I saw them working very, very hard, long hours. Money was tight always. Um, you know, so I, I think I sort of shied away from that. And I really went to corporate America. I was thinking that was where I wanted to go. And um, all through school, that's where I wanted to end up and, and then got a nice corporate uh, gig right out of college and was very happy there for a while. And then I sort of outgrew that. And, I, and that's where the entrepreneur bug started to come in for me. Oh, it's great. Because I was going to ask you, what kind of thing opened the door to the career as an entrepreneur? Did you have a mentor? What was that? I, I didn't. You know, it's interesting that you asked that because uh, um, I, I just started to get restless. You know, I was, I, I think when I was in college, I had this vision of a corporate role and that I would soon be promoted up to CEO and be fabulously wealthy, <laughs> run the company and, you know, sort of my fantasy world. And that didn't quite happen. Uh, I did well at the, at the business, but um there were 29,000 employees at that company. So wow. I was only one small person in a cog <laughs> in company. the wheel. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And um, it was pretty clear to me after uh, seven or eight years that that was not going to be a trajectory I was going to be on. And mm-hmm. so, and I didn't really take to the corporate life as much, the politics and the, the you know, all of that that goes on with a corporate lifestyle. Um, so I started to get the bug and I, I, I first started a business on the side and with what I was doing um, at the same time I was working full-time at the company and then just sort of went from there. I, I had a chance to meet a couple of people that uh, really launched me on that entrepreneurial 
um, trajectory. Uh, the, the person I met while I was at that company, I was in San Francisco and it was really like a dream job. It was a great job. I was, uh, if you're familiar with San Francisco, I was on the third floor overlooking California street with the cable cars going by every day. And, you know, it was, it was really, you know, I had a nice private office and it was a great gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, along came this uh, this person that I met, and he was starting a business in Silicon Valley, and and wanted me to join him. And that was sort of the opportunity I took to really get out of that corporate environment and and start or begin in that company. I was a second employee at that company, so quite a, a culture shock. Um, mm-hmm. And that really opened me up to a whole different type of entrepreneurship. It was not retail like I was used to from my parents. It was we were corporate consultants. And um, through that job, I really had the opportunity to fly all over the country and in, uh, in some cases to Europe and work with the best of the best of the best. I, I worked uh, deep inside organizations like HP and Apple and Microsoft and DuPont and Dell and, you know, and on and on. So I really got an up. Op- it was almost like I, I like to say that I learned as much as they learned from me about yeah. how they work. Ooh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was a great opportunity, really, really great opportunity. And then that, you know, sort of just um, springboarded me into the whole entrepreneurial lifestyle. Well, from that point, you've built several businesses. What draws you to the startup <laughs> process? <laughs> well, yeah, I ask myself that question quite often. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think I just love to build things. I, I my undergraduate is in civil engineering, which is sort of like, you know, the ultimate build it kind of profession. And the idea of starting a company and putting all the things in place that you need for a company and building the organization and building the products and building the client base and, you know, all that building and, you know, is just really appealing to me. I love to see that growth. I love to see um, to constantly be challenged by um, uh, different things and, and really, really just enjoy that whole creative uh, building process. I think it's, it's just amazing. Well, where do you get your ideas for these varied businesses? <laughs> where do I, I get my ideas? Well, um, I think for me, I, I'm, I really come from a place of abundance. And I really believe that there are opportunities everywhere and you really just have to put yourself. What I like to say is you put yourself in places where luck can find you. Hmm. And there, there, you know, as I said, there are opportunities everywhere and how I've started all of the businesses, there's just been an opportunity. And I've looked at that opportunity and said, gosh, you know, that's really something that's needed. That's something that would do a lot of good. I could make money at that, you know, let's go for it. Um, And that was really, you know, you could look and say there really isn't any connection between the businesses that I've created, but, but there really is. I mean, they're really sort of, if you, if you look back on it, I mean, one of Steve jobs, uh, one of my favorite quotes of Steve jobs is that you, you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect them going back. So you just have to move forward and assume the dots are going to connect for you. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the way I've lived my life is just I, I look for opportunities. I take that opportunity. Where is it going? I don't know. You know, it, it, you just take it wherever it goes. That's so exciting. 
<laughs> it can be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And have, you know, and I have a, a, a loving wife and, and understanding families as well. So you need that as well. Yeah. Your co-host on your podcast. We'll hear about that in a little bit. She is, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to ask you what have been the biggest challenges that you faced in business and what have you done to overcome them? Well, I, I think in terms of challenge, again, I always come from abundance. So the idea for the business and, and really the challenge of the business is an opportunity to me. I think the, the biggest challenge that almost every business faces is money. And, you know, I, I've seen so many great businesses and so many really talented entrepreneurs um, fail early because they just don't have the funds to sustain the business. And so that's always the place where, where entrepreneurs run into trouble. And uh, again, I, we were just saying, I, I, I'm blessed with a really understanding family and a great supportive wife who understands that. And, you know, I always, always make, try to make sure that they're taken care of first, but entrepreneurship by its very nature is a risk. And, you know, if you, if you leave, let me say there were a lot of sleepless nights when we were discussing, should I leave a steady paycheck at a company that has 29,000 employees and join a startup that has two employees? You know, am I going to get paid? What, how, where was it going to come from? You know, who are the clients? You know, where, what can I expect? And so you, you really have to embrace that sort of uncertainty, that risk, uh, and just know that there's another great opportunity coming down the pike. And, and that's sort of how I, maybe I was just deluding myself, or maybe I, you know, really, really believed that, that if that didn't work, I'd find something else, you know, and if that didn't work, I'd find something else. Well, entrepreneurship sounds like it needs a lot of planning before you go into the business. Yeah, I, I think it, it, well, it's planning for sure. You're absolutely right, Mary. But it's also, um, you know, risk uh, management. It, it's, you know, everything's a risk. And so you have to look and say, is this a big risk? Is it a small risk? What are the ramifications? What happens if, if this risk comes to pass? What, you know, how bad is that going to be? So, for example, when I, when I left the business, uh, the, the corporate business and, and joined the startup, um, I had some savings, so that would tide us over if something really disastrous happened. Um, it was the late 80s, so the business climate was pretty good. Um, Silicon Valley was taking off. Uh, the, the risk, you know, was there a risk that we would fail? Sure, there was a risk, but, you know, I kind of thought, gee, it's kind of a small risk. You know, it's really not that big of a risk. And, mm -hmm. and so you sort of have to calculate those risks and um, and just make sure that you're not taking, you know, stupid risks, but that you're really, you know, thinking it through and you're absolutely right. And planning for that, what happens if that comes true? How do I deal with that? How, how long could I go without a paycheck? What's the, you know, what's the client base look like? Is it diversified? And, you know, those kinds of things. And so, uh, you know, uh, I think I've always been um, looking back on it, probably pretty safe in terms of risk, though it would, it seemed like at the time it was much more risky than it really was. 
Well, tell us about your company, Turn Knowledge to Profit. And I, I love that name because wouldn't we all love to turn our knowledge to profit if we even know what our knowledge is about? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> Turn Knowledge to Profit is really an interesting story. Um, I had just come out of a business um, with a partner and they, we had done very well. In fact, they're still in business doing great. Um, I had stepped away from that business and Turn Knowledge to Profit originally was intended as a, sort of a transition to semi-retirement. And it didn't really w work out that way. <laughs> 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 the best laid plans, as they say, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, the thinking was that I would sort of take it easy and maybe work with who I wanted to work with and, and not work with who I didn't want to work with. But as I got into it, we started out really working with coaches, speakers, and authors to help them um, strategize their business and develop a full and robust product and service line that would appeal to a wide range of clients at a number of different price points. So, for example, you might we might deal with a coach who has a training program and that's all they have. And so we would look at, well, how can we take that training program and make that in some other form into an entry level product? Or how could we take that same training program, beef it up and, and turn it into a, a premium product or service? <laughs> and so really build out their product line. That's how we started. And we were very successful at that. And then what we found, again, looking at the opportunities, we found that once we had identified that, uh, what we call the product and service ladder for them, they needed somebody to develop those products and services for them. So they didn't have any idea of how to actually create a training course or create a webinar or create a structured coaching program. And so then we started to do that. And then we sort of um, transitioned into a full service training and structured coaching program creation business. So we like to say we would do all the heavy lifting behind the development of a training or a uh, coaching program. Um, so we could take somebody's book, turn it into a course. We could take somebody's uh, consulting uh, process turn that into a, a, a structured program or whatever they wanted to do with it. So we'd help them fill out that, that ladder of products and services. That's quite an evolution from uh, yeah. thinking you were going into retirement to, uh, to your company that is really helping people out there. And also you have a podcast called Turn Knowledge to Profit. Can you tell our listeners about it? We do. Yeah. So the podcast, as you would expect, is really an extension of the business. So we talk with uh, entrepreneurs about uh, that have been successful about what did they do to become successful? What are the challenges they faced? What are the, um, the things that they've put in place and, and the opportunities that they've saw and how did they exploit those opportunities? And so through that podcast, what we've hoped to do is give budding entrepreneurs or experienced entrepreneurs um, a look at what other people are doing to be successful so that they can either mimic that or um, they can avoid some of the same pitfalls that, that our guests fell into or whatever it might be. 
Um, I also turned that podcast into a, a best-selling book as well. So that was another, um, again, I, there was an opportunity there. So I had the podcast and, and it, we had interviewed something like 75 to 100 different entrepreneurs. And what we found was that there were six categories uh, that they sort of fell into, uh, six uh, secrets of success, as it's called in the book. And so I wrote um, two or three chapters in each of those sections. And then we had some guest authors who were guests on the show, write two or three chapters in each section and then um, put that into a book. That's great. Cause then you have all their followers buying the we book. Do, yeah. So, so yeah, we got all their followers. In fact, I just got a request. We were talking about the Ewoman network conference not too long ago. Um, somebody came up to me there and said, Hey, can I order some more books? You know, how can I get some more books? Because she's a consultant and she's giving the books out to all of her clients. So that's really great. Fabulous. Great. Great. And you know, yeah. co coaching is such a competitive industry today though. So how can coaches distinguish themselves from the crowd? You know, it is, it is competitive. It's always been competitive, but I think even more today, I think there's a lot, especially with um, COVID and the other things that have gone on, people are trying to create a lot of businesses today. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have stepped out of corporate life or they've stepped away from their previous business, whatever that was, and are now in the coaching business or the training business. I kind of look at them synonymously as training mm -hmm. and there's coaching, but they're sort of two sides of the same coin. Um, I, I think that what's really critical now, especially today, is that coaches get results. I think that, it, again, it's always been competitive, but there's been a lot of space for coaches telling their clients how a business should be built or telling them how to eat healthy or uh, giving them a process for um, fundraising or whatever, the, whatever it is they coach on. But I think now clients more than ever are expecting results. Uh -huh. instead of just being told how to do it, they actually want the coach to help them actually do it and, and it actually almost, get those results. It almost seems like this can be coming from the fact that more people in general are aware that they need a coach as yeah, opposed I think to before. Absolutely. I, I think absolutely it's, it's become um, really something that people are much, much more aware of. And, and I like to always say, look, the best athletes in the world, the star athletes, all have coaches. Uh -huh. And is it yeah. because they're not any good? No, it's because they're really good. That's why they have a coach. You know? I love that. That's great. Yeah. And, um, and, and the same is, is true for business people that, that even the best ones in the world still go to mentoring groups. They still go to masterminds. They still have coaches. And so I think you're absolutely right, Kathy, that, that now it's become much more mainstream to have a coach. And I think the expectations for that, those coaches has definitely gone up. Again, I think it's about getting results. I think that if clients today, um, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I used to go to a lot of training uh, five, 10 years ago where you come away from it, you go, oh, that was really great training. And you stick the binder on the shelf and that's like the last time you ever open it. Yep. And we call that, we like to call that shelf help, right? Not self-help. Uh -huh. <laughs> I've done that. I yeah, everybody's it. done that, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And and so I think now that's not okay anymore. I mean, now <laughs> that if clients don't get results that are measurable, that are that are visual, then they don't consider the coach to have really done the job. And so I think that's really how coaches today can distinguish themselves is to really, really get results. And that was really the impetus for the software we're developing, which we'll talk about later. That's what I wanted to talk about now. Your, oh, okay. Your new, newest business, you're developing a new app. And I understand it's to help coaches maximize their clients' results. Can you tell us more about it? it yeah, absolutely. And again, back to the, not the beat a drum, but back to the opportunities, you know, so we saw in Turn Knowledge to Profit that there was an opportunity that you know, after having been in the coaching business and mentoring coaches and training coaches for up to three decades now, um, there was some holes that we saw. And, and this app is really designed to fill one of those. And um, so what we did is we're creating a mobile app that coaches use with their clients to deliver content directly to their mobile device. And so in essence, help the client or, or for the client build a um, deck of success flashcards, if you will, on the, the, the client's device so that they can thumb through those flashcards at any time that they need support or they need help or they need a nudge forward or they want to refresh their memory or anything like that. It's right there on their device. And, and it's really a whole new way to deliver content that really hasn't been done before. I mean, most coaches today do either live events or they'll do webinars or they'll do group coaching via Zoom, like, you know, like we're doing here, or they'll do um, uh, email or some other version of that. Well, the app actually lets the coach deliver that content directly to the mobile device. So it's right in front of the, the client all the time they have access to it. They, they never have to go searching for it through their email or any, any other place. So this will be something that coaches sign up for. It will be. Yeah. There's a, there's a coaching portal where the coaches will um, uh, put in their content and then that content will be delivered to their clients um, on a schedule that they define. And so that um, then the client, uh, it, it allows a couple of things. It does really help the client, move forward and get results. And it helps the coach create a much tighter connection with that client. So, um, you know, when you're coaching uh, or you've been working with a coach, you maybe talk with the coach, what, like once a week, once, once if you're lucky, usually it's once a month if it's a long-term coaching program. And sort of in between those formal connections, you're left on your own to sort of do whatever it is you have to do to, to get the results you want, right? And so the ability for the coach to deliver that content on a regular basis in between those um, formal meetings uh, allows you to get what you need when you need it, help to motivate you to move forward and really get the results that you need. And then and also create that tighter bond with the with the client. Can you tell us uh, the name of it and when it launches? Sure. Yeah. The name of it is Results Unleashed. Hmm. and results it's unleashed results unleashed yeah and it's scheduled for launch uh right at the beginning of uh, next year 2022 Great. Yep. and currently we're in development now we're coding right now and putting all the systems in place and, and all that so uh, looking for a release in january 
Great. Congratulations on all yeah, that. Yeah, thanks. Congrats. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, pretty exciting. And what, what strategies do you have for entrepreneurs like yourself for building their businesses? Say they're not a coach. Yeah, they're not a coach. Um, well, I, I think for, for sure, the first thing that I always ask uh, clients of mine when they come to us, I say, well, what, what are you passionate about? What really gets you up in the morning? Don't worry about the business right now. Think more about what gets you motivated. What are you really passionate about? Because I, I'm very creative. I can always come up with a business model that will work. Um, it's really about finding something that you're really interested in. Because being an entrepreneur is tough. It's really hard. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're likely to give up when it gets hard. And so the only way you can really push through that and really, really enjoy what you're doing is to find something you're passionate about. And so uh, that's always what I, what I tell people to do first. And then once they know what they're really passionate about, then we can have a conversation about how can you make money doing that? Mm -hmm. And it may not be exactly um, at the bullseye. It may be some peripheral thing. So for example, I was talking with someone um, who was working in a subway restaurant of all places. And he was 20, just out of school, um, trying to decide what he wanted to do with his life. And we were chatting and, and, and he said, well, I don't want to work here for the rest of my life. I'm just kind of doing this until I can figure it out. And so what was my first question to him? What are you passionate about? What do you like? And he was very clear. He's like, with no delay, he said, I love uh, gaming. Hmm. You know, online gaming is, is fantastic. I just love it. I like the excitement of it. I like the, the personalities. I like everything about it. And he was having trouble because, you know, that is an incredible competitive, incredibly competitive environment. And there are companies that spend millions and millions and millions of dollars developing these gaming platforms and gaming environments. So the, the, cost of entry to that environment is very high for an entrepreneur. And so we talked a little bit longer and I said, that's great, but maybe what you, you don't need to develop the game. Think about all the stuff that you could do in and around that environment that gamers need or that gamers want or that they could use or, or, you know, is, and there's all sorts of different things you could do from equipment to groups, to um, training, to, I mean, just like all sorts of different things in that environment that you could do so that you're still close to that environment. You're still doing what you're passionate about, but you're not up against the big guns. You know, you're not up against the Microsofts of the world trying to outdo them in development because you'll just lose that game. I mean, they'll, they'll you know, they're so far ahead of you. You, you know, that you're not going to win at that. So um, that was kind of a revelation to him because he had always been thinking, he, he was kind of down because he said, well, I really like gaming, but I can't get into it. There's too much competition. I don't know what to do. And then he would drop back into, well, I don't really know what to do with my life. <laughs> and so that kind of opened a whole new horizon for him, which was, oh, yeah, you're right. It's not just gaming. There's all this other stuff that I could get involved in that would be really great. Yeah. That's such um, great advice. Mary and I interviewed a skateboarding icon 
who, as he was aging, developed all these things around skateboarding. Right. Because he wasn't at the competitive level. But boy, did he know how to create products and keep people in the sport and interested. And he could stay in it. It was right. brilliant. They're right. And, and, and then around yeah. it. Right. And, and that's the kind of opportunity that you have to look for. And, and when I went to Silicon Valley, um, having been in business at, at this corporation, but living in the San Francisco Bay Area for 10 years from about 1978 to 1988, um, I was envious of Silicon Valley here. You know, I'm right there. I'm like right across the bay from this this area this geographic area and mm -hmm. the this industrial area where things are just going crazy and people are making millions of dollars and companies are growing out of nowhere and there's apple forming and there's you know microsoft and there's you know all this stuff is at hp and I'm, I'm thinking well how do i get involved in that there's no way for me to do that and, and instead what i did was again looking at the opportunity I didn't join one of those companies because I wanted out of corporate life. So I joined a project management consulting company to those companies. Mm -hmm. So I was able to be sort of immersed in that Silicon Valley culture, which I really wanted to get involved in, but I didn't have to start a software company or compete against HP or or join their corporate culture or, or any of those things. We were able to be on the periphery and provide a service that they really needed. And so that's how mm -hmm. we became successful. Yeah, that's, that would be great for all young people just starting out to really know about, because I think a lot of people just think about, I want to do this, and they don't really look at the periphery. Right. It's great advice. And that's where there's great money. I mean, there's great money and great opportunity in the periphery. Yeah. You know, there, there's so many support, uh, you know, support businesses that grow up around these bigger businesses. If you yeah. look at um, you look at clean energy now, um, it's just off the top of my head is another one where um a young entrepreneur, you know, doesn't have the capital or the experience uh, to build a business that can build, you know, windmills. It's a multi-billion dollar company, you know, business. But there's a lot of stuff around the periphery of that, that you can make a lot of money at and you can really be involved in it. You know, you know, the construction of it or um, the, the parts that go into it or, um, the training, uh, you know, of people to operate it or whatever it might be. I mean, those are just off the top of my head, but um, the, you know, you have to look at the whole picture. You have to see what, what's really everything around it and not go after the bullseye, but go after the stuff that's maybe one, one step away from the bullseye. Yeah. Mm. On another note, um, yeah. you mentioned this earlier, you're the author the best-selling author yeah. of several books, uh, the most recent, Turn Knowledge to Profit, as you mentioned, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, yeah. Coaches, and Authors. Can you talk more on your books? And also, can you tell us what The Six Secrets might be? <laughs> I might Without be reading it, Mary? <laughs> You're really killing me. I don't have the book in front of me, so I don't know if I can tell you what the six secrets are. Give us a hint. Um, so, um, yeah. So, again, the books that I've 
written or been a part of writing really have been extensions of whatever business I've been in at that, at that moment. And so um, I wrote a project management book when that was my area of expertise and, and I was doing that. Um, another book was with uh, my previous company. Uh, we were doing, um, uh, we were really focused in that company on the neuroscience of behavior change. And so <laughs> we, we did a lot of work with companies like Intel and, and uh, Dell and some other companies um, getting really focusing on getting their entire organization to perform at the level of the best performers. Mm. And so we, um, we did that. And then when I went to turn knowledge to profit uh, and had the podcast, it was just a natural extension to, to write the book. And so what we really did was look at um, six of the things that we thought the most successful entrepreneurs had in common. Um, and you know, one is coming from abundance and opportunity. That's certainly one of them. And, and so it's so six ideas like that. Uh, and it doesn't have anything to do. We didn't do like, you have to be good at marketing or you have to be good at, uh, organizational development or good at leadership. We really were looking at, um, what are the things, what, what, what are the, really the, the six things that drive the mindset of the entrepreneur? Um, uh, where is their head at? And, and how do they get there? And what does it mean? And so that's really the, the, the core of that book. And all those, and that book's available on Amazon. So you can look it up, Turn Knowledge to Profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great book. I know the author. <laughs> it was a great book. Aww. We do too now. <laughs> I'm going to go get it. Good, 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 good. You'll like it. I'll send and I you think one. Our listeners- I'll send you one. Don't go get one. I'll send you one. <laughs> that's sweet. Oh, okay. Um, but I know that our listeners would love to get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, yeah it, it's really good. And, and if you like the book uh, or if you, th- you think about the book, you might want to check out the podcast and you can listen to a lot of the, uh, the authors, the co-authors that are in that book, our guests on the podcast. Today, our guest on Late Boomers has been Michael McCauley, content creation expert, best-selling author, podcast host, and serial entrepreneur. And Michael, would you like to tell our guests where you would like them to contact you? Is it your website or do you like them to DM you? What do you like? Sure. Yeah. I think the best way to get a hold of me is through LinkedIn. You can look me up uh, on LinkedIn, Michael L. McCauley, uh, or you can go straight to our um, LinkedIn company page, Turn Knowledge to Profit. Thank you, Michael. We really appreciate your being a guest. Oh, my pleasure. Great. Is there anything we didn't touch on you'd like to add? Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think so. I, I think, well, I mean, we could go on for hours about any of these topics, but, um, I, you know, I think that for entrepreneurs, really the message that I hope they take away, um, from this is to really, again, I think I mentioned it earlier to really, um, put themselves in positions where luck can find them. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of luck in business for sure. I mean, every you know, you'd you'd be kind of crazy to say there's not luck involved. I mean, there certainly is. But a lot of what we attribute to luck really is entrepreneurs really putting themselves in a place where opportunities present themselves. 
And so what I would say is that if you, you know, when you figure out what you're passionate about, you know, read about it, uh, find ways to meet other people that are passionate about it, keep up on current events related to it, go to networking events, you know, put yourself out in a place where you have the opportunity for people to find you. And, oh, isn't it lucky that you just ran into this person at this networking event? Well, yeah, it's luck a little bit, but it's really that you were putting yourself out there and you were in a position that luck could find you. And so that's really sort of what I would say to, to entrepreneurs. That's that is great. great. Thank you. Yeah. We yeah, said it welcome. together. <laughs> and thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast and for the great advice you've given us. And we want to invite our listeners to visit our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and let us know what you're enjoying about our podcast. And also please follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and on our Late Boomers Instagram account. We want to serve, inspire, and entertain you. And thanks again so much, Michael. Oh, my pleasure. It's just so enjoyable to be with you, too. You, too. Thank you. You. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details.
Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.